0: Thank you for tuning in to another episode of Content Creators I I'm Jeff Parker. I'm the host of this podcast where I help creators build a creator business, make money, live their dreams, not rely on some freaking platform to pay us or not pay us or to become demonetized. That's BS. We're not doing that. We're building a business, whether we sell a product, you know, an online course, coaching, whatever it is. We're building a business out of becoming a creator. Live the freaking life that you want to live. That's what this podcast is about. In this episode, actually first, I actually had some really good feedback from a guy named David. and he is very awesome because he gave me this great feedback. And we just went back and forth to DMs. If you don't know, I'm like a DM-holic. All I do is DM people all day. So if you follow me, I'm probably going to DM you. I'm not going to sell you or anything. But I'm just going to DM you. Hey, what's up? Thanks for the follow. I'll go back and forth. I love DMing people, FYI. Or just DM me anytime. I'm on Twitter. Give me some great feedback that I should probably put some intro music on this. I should probably break down the difference instead of having me talking. No intro music. There's no sound going on. It's kind of hard to tell where the hook is, the intro, the outro, the main body starts. So that's something I want to work on. I really appreciate though that, David, that you said that. Some great uh, feedback that I really needed. In this episode, we talked to Dylan. That's two Dylans in a row, if you're keeping track. This one is about an email list. Last one's about a newsletter. This one's about an email list. And it was, I'd say, one of my favorites, but literally every episode I say that. But it was a, it's an insanely good one because I think I'd rather make an email list than a newsletter, personally. I think it's just... Um, I think it's just easier, but that's just me. But we go over how often to sit in emails. You know, do we do it every week? Some people do it daily. Probably not a good idea to start with that. You get his opinion on that as you keep listening. And FYI, if you don't know Dylan, which you probably don't, I met him on Facebook. Literally, I just said earlier, I like DMing people. We start DM, talk about somebody else. He's just like an email wizard. That's probably not what he calls himself, but that's in my eyes. He's an email wizard, right? There's no wrong with that. And he just knows so much about email lists. He's made sales through it. He's done like cold DMing people. I'm like, dude, you need to help me out. You need help out the creators. We talk about why you need an email list. You can have a course that you made a year ago that when someone signs up within eight days, and I asked him this question within eight days, you could literally sell this course without doing anything like an eight part email sequence automated. You don't do anything. I mean, you spent two days, whatever, making it done send it to every new person who gets on an email list Sell them the course if they have that problem they want it fixed they buy the course if not no problem keep building the trust keep building that and then eventually you can help them out in a way that you know they buy something from you and it's a win-win and then this i think this is the best part an email list we, we all get what an email list is but what do you send in it like how? how do you keep writing emails and keep putting information in it without it being plain boring, the same information. So he gives us five ideas. You could literally, and I've done this. I literally listened to this episode. I did this exact thing. I spent half an hour, 27 minutes, like 42 seconds. I'm not even joking. And I came up with 25 different ideas that he gives you five different ways of doing it. I spent the time, I put five different ideas into the five different ways he suggested, 25 different ways in like 30 minutes. That's a month's worth, or if you do it once a week, that's almost a half year's worth of emails that you can send out to build trust with somebody. Trust with your audience. So that, that right there is worth this 38-minute episode. And we go over everything. We're talking about how to stay on the spam folder, enjoy the show creators. Who are you, Dylan, and uh, you know what? what's your expertise
1: in? Yeah, absolutely. So I am, I guess, basically a dude who's been quietly side hustling and also full-time business building online since about 2010. I started back when I was in college. I wanted some beer money and didn't really want to get a full-time job. So I, I actually have a degree in chemical engineering. And as I was going through, I started looking at paid ads, Facebook ads. And at that time, I was like, drop shipping wooden watches from china through like a shopify store to people all over the world and also i was selling hip-hop beats online and and stuff like this so basically anything i was tinkering and stuff to like learn online marketing and also like freelance content writing and then fast forward till recently a few years back i had the opportunity to manage growth marketing for a e-commerce brand here in canada and that was a really good opportunity because the, my, my boss at the time basically said, he took me on and said, I want to double this business in a year and do whatever you need to do to make that happen. So I worked with him to set up the like paid ads funnel and of course, email marketing on the backside. And we managed to double, to sure enough, more than double that business in the year. So that was a, a recent win that I'm pretty happy about. And then since then, about a year ago, I, I quit my job there. And I've gone out on my own now to doing basically consulting for clients. And mostly I've, I've, these days I'm focused on email marketing. It's taken me a, a, a long time to figure out that's really where a lot of the value is in this online marketing thing. And that's what I focus on today. And the niche I've sort of chosen to, to provide my services to mostly. And the people I want to help is creators and coaches and people who like selling courses online and stuff like that. A really short uh, summary of what I've been up to the past decade or so. I think some of
0: us people lives are like, they're not, they, we don't know how we're doing till so we, till something works, till something sticks out and then, then we go for it. You know what I mean? So you say you help like course creators. It's so like, cause I mean, I've 100% bought things through an email, like sort of like, like I just bought the podcast marketing academy thing, which was like over a thousand dollars. Then, you know, the guy had, it. didn't even that. And I saw it and I'm like, dude, this is like, this is for me, man. I want to grow this, everything like that. And I just bought it. And it was a I MIT's mean, Academy thing called a course. And like, it was literally through an email. Clicked the link eight hours later. Like, where's the guy been hiding, man? Where you been hiding? And where's this Academy been hiding? Like, what the hell? Well,
1: there you go, man.
0: Right? Like, if people buy stuff. I mean, that's, that's someone else could be, this could be someone else like, buying your course and so what, what I kind of answer the question but why should we have like an email list then
1: yeah well i think exactly you, you just answered the question yeah, right. Right? it's such a good channel for like relationship building and for driving sales like you can there's a number of reasons i think like first and foremost is that it's a platform that you own like it's cliche to say and but like i think that's really important and i think you really gain an appreciation for that benefit of email if you've ever had an ad account shut down on like facebook ads or google ads whatever it is or if you've ever been de-platformed from an organic platform like Twitter, whatever it might be. The reality is, like if you have 100,000 followers on any given platform, and God forbid you get suspended from that platform, if you have some of those email followers onto your list, at least you have a way to, to maintain that, that relationship and keep it going. So that's a big benefit in itself, is that you, you control the medium. And also, you can build a more like intimate relationship with subscribers so for example particularly if you're selling like higher ticket products like whether that's services or if it's a complicated product you can gradually over the course of many weeks or months sort of build the sales argument through your emails instead of relying on like one touch point of marketing whether through an ad or a single phone call to close like multi-thousand dollar deals so that's another the intimacy of the channel is a big one and it just yeah, based on those factors, it has a huge ROI. Versus like if you have to spend money to get impressions, or spend money, spend your time and energy to create content to get reach on organic platforms. So those are just a few other reasons.
0: Yes, I think the community, the relationship building. At the end of the day, I wouldn't have bought this thing if I didn't know this person at all. And you can't like you can't talk intimate. You to an extent on Twitter, but you can't talk like in a salesy way
1: people see right through that a hundred percent and like people people aren't really going to social media usually to be like pitched they're there to be social and similarly it's the same in the inbox to a certain extent but there's a lot of benefits like you can tell a little story and then have a very natural clickable link so you have pretty good attention when people are are looking at your email versus on like twitter where everything's like a mile a minute
0: so so what's the difference from an email list In a newsletter. I think there's a big I think there's a big difference.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I'm glad you asked this question, man. Because like I have a confession to make until recently, like pretty recently, I didn't really I wasn't aware of so much of a distinction in this jargon between newsletter and email list. And now that I've been really marinating in like the creator space on Twitter and stuff, I see what it is. So I think like from what I understand, a, a newsletter in terms of jargon these days is like a little bit more like almost like a collection of things on the internet, whether that's like a combination of curating other people's content and injecting your own original content. I've seen some where it's like like a standard template, basically, where every week or every day, creators will send like, this is my little thing. And it might have like a tweet of the day screenshot at the bottom and stuff like this. So from my perspective, that is a little bit more like what a newsletter looks like. Whereas an email list might fall more under the bucket of like, Uh, traditional like email marketer where you can send, there's a bit more variety perhaps in what you send and the purposes can be a bit more to like directly sell a product or a service in that email. Whereas I see more often in a newsletter, it it, it seems to be more like sponsorships or like running ads in those slots. But I'm glad you asked the question because like, honestly, I I think that there's definitely a distinction in terms of what the end user receives being the one reading that. I think at the end of the day, whether it's a newsletter or an email list, I think a lot of the principles should rightfully be the same, which is just prioritize the relationship, deliver value, and then monetizing can sort of take care of itself if you're strategic about that. So I hope that kind of answers the question and, and the caveat being, like I said, that I'm perhaps not the best to answer that question because like the pure creator newsletters with like sponsorships and stuff like this is a little bit less what I would focus on versus your traditional kind of email list, email marketing. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Cause I think definitely like the end user, like a newsletter is literally just like tidbits of information then like an email list is we can go more detail, but like I can, I, if it's more personal. It's more personal. It's more like, I don't care if someone sales mail, like I must expect at some point, here's this course, here's this thing in it. And on a newsletter, they just started throwing here to throw in, here's, buy my thing, like on the next newsletter i'm like what do it just seem too too personal in the news yeah this one from what i've seen
1: yeah i think other people probably y- yeah for sure i think that's fair so if
0: we're doing an email list which is i think it's easier but um h- how do you get people on like what how do we get somebody on twitter
1: yeah for sure so there's a number of ways you can do it a, a pretty common one is to use like a lead magnet so whether that is and that's usually like a free Give away something of value in exchange for an email address, and yeah, the, basically the rationale is that by giving something away, it's more likely they'll give you an email versus just asking for someone to subscribe to your newsletter. Because if you just say like, "Hey, subscribe to my newsletter," people are a little bit more greedy with their emails, giving them out these days than once upon a time. So it, you need to, it needs to be very you need to be very compelling as a, I guess like a, an influencer or something or a celebrity to. To be able to pull that but with a lead magnet it, it gives you a quick win a quick dopamine hit and then and then they're on your list where you can then drip out more content to them through email so that's like the sort of stock answer but there are other ways and another way that you can explore is like selling a low ticket front-end product and have that be the vehicle to enter and have that be the gateway onto your list so that someone buys like whether it's a five-dollar ebook or like even like a $1 ebook or a $37 product with something kind of low ticket because that there's an argument that could be made where that qualifies the prospect a little more. But of course, it's at the trade-off of having a much much smaller percentage of people actually entering your world in your email list. And therefore, it could you could lose out on on, on a lot of scope of customers there. But yeah, lead magnet is a good safe bet. And otherwise just giving them a reason to join. Maybe your lead magnet could be like an ebook. Maybe it's a an email course, whatever it is.
0: Exactly. I think I signed up for mostly lead magnets or something. I like this guy named Frank Kern. I see it all the time on Facebook, or at least that's the ads I see. It's like four dollar this huge thing that you can buy, which I'm sure is super valuable. Like he's on your email list now. And you already spent four dollars. You trust some there's some trust built already.
1: Totally. Uh, Yeah. And like the, and I think that's very strategic because like having a list of buyers is much more valuable than having a list of non-buyers. So that's one of the benefits of having that, right? Because if someone spends four bucks, that's a real person. That's someone that probably has a, a big pain that you can solve. Whereas someone, if they opt in for a lead magnet, that you tend to be a bit more perhaps willing with if you're downloading lead magnets versus if you're making a purchase. So that's the rationale there, I think.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Sometimes you sign up for some lead magnet. You don't even, you don't even. Totally. You don't even look at it. it. right? Yeah, it's, <laughs> actually, I don't know, like eBooks. I'm not like a long ebook. Like I'm not usually totally into that. Cause then it, you're just giving me more work. Yeah. Like I'd rather be like, here's an eight minute video explaining it. Or here's a, like a 15 page where you can still get the information, but like something, here's a hundred page ebook. I'm not, yeah, yeah. And not read it. and be on your email list. But. Yeah, exactly.
1: Like an analogy I heard somewhere, I can't remember who said it, but like, you want to give them like an appetizer and not the full course on the lead magnet, right? So you want to give them a little taste and make them curious about sticking around and maybe eventually buying the full course when the time is right. Literally the full course if you're selling courses, but.
0: (laughs) I know in yours, uh, there's a, I don't know what it's called, but you have your course or something or is it an ebook?
1: Yeah, it's an ebook. With, yeah, 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 essentially a paid ebook. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's currently how I'm testing things, where it's like there's a little email swipe file to get onto my list. That's your lead magnet, and then the first thing I'm presenting to new email subscribers is a is like a thirty one dollar paid PDF informational product. And my 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 hope is that it's at an affordable enough price tag, people to consider that being the first purchase with me. And then what I've noticed is that people that do buy that course pretty consistently. After they've gone through it, they'll reach out inquiring for kind of more done-for-you services or audits. So I've definitely noticed that the theoretical concept that like repeat business is a big thing, it really applies. And I'm revamping my funnel a bit now currently. I'm actually planning on launching a new funnel with paid ads. And I'm actually going to try to do sort of like what Frank Kern's doing, which is send traffic to a low price offer, maybe like a $5 or even like like a $3 product, whatever it is. And I'm going to run a test and see just how if I do that way and, and essentially get only buyers onto my, my sub list, how much more responsive are they going to be for subsequent offers that I'm going to sell them?
0: They're on your email list. How often do we send it? What do we even send them? Right? Like that's a whole, without being, like we don't want to send the same information I would think that you see on social media, at least not all the same. So what are we, what are we even talking about?
1: Yeah, that's a really good question. And that's a big question that, that like, clients and creators I spoke with have which is basically like what do we send and like how can I keep sending emails regularly right and I think the I think an important like overarching concept in the email channel is like personality is, is really key like the more personality you can inject in it is definitely better and there's like a number of different types of email formats that work pretty well like I, re- I really practice and sort of preach like basically the kind of old school model of like Ben Settle, Matt Fury, a lot of these sort of really storytelling forward email copywriters. I still think there's a a lot of potential there. So for example, let's suppose you're a, I don't know, like a a coach or or someone that's selling courses. For one, there's a million different stories about yourself that I'm sure you could tell um, that basically relate to what your audience is probably going through. Because usually like if you're essentially selling a transformation to people, If, if you're in this sort of industry. If you're in that industry, now there's creators that are not in that industry, particularly if you're selling like a transformation, tell stories about yourself and like your process of learning and your journey and why you're doing what you're doing. Frankly, it can even be stories about your day to day life. there's an email copywriter called Daniel Throssel who does this, where he literally just has every single day sends an email about something random in his life and then he pitches a product. So, storytelling about yourself or what your clients are likely going through is very powerful. So that's probably first and foremost. You Then you can also do like straight up how-to guides and checklists. So this is like your traditional like value posts. You can think of it almost like a Twitter thread because people love that. So three tips for this, four ways to get this. Another big one that I've personally seen a lot of success with is giving your own hot takes on common industry topics. And it's like basically people love a bit of drama. So like if there's a common myth in your industry or if you have a very different perspective on something in your industry, presenting that and sort of being a tiny bit polarizing but backing it up is really powerful. Another big one is like current events. If you can play to current events in your emails and then tie in, tie it into your product, that's powerful. And then the final one I'll mention is like just answering common questions. So, and again, like most of these takes are most of these ideas are from like this is a tried and true method from people I've learned from. And uh, questions is a good one because if one person has a question, then more than likely a lot of other people have them. So, those are just some ideas. And then, so I just listed, I think, five or so topics. So, if you can sit down and think of like five per topic, there you go. That's 25 email ideas right there, right? So, that's about a month of daily emails. So, those are some ideas.
0: That I was going to say, because like the personal story one, like people put uh, know, like a picture of their dog or something in the background or yeah. something like that, like it makes it not just words on a screen. Like there's a person behind it. Like, here's my dumb dog jumping around and whatever. <laughs> it just makes it more personal.
1: Yeah, absolutely. People join your email list and like they want to know who you actually are. And like they, you can go, in my opinion, the deeper you can go with that, the more success you'll likely have. And to really touch on you made the point of like, should you repurpose like your social media content? I agree that you don't necessarily want to just you don't want them to be identical channels. But I will say, like if, if you're starting out and you want to just like you still have your training wheels on for email marketing, like you can definitely repurpose content. Say you had a tweet that did really well. You could take that over and just expand on it or trim it down if it was a thread, whatever that looks like. So don't be afraid to mix and match those a little bit. But if you are looking for purely original email specific content, Hopefully
0: those buckets will give you some ideas. Yeah, that's a lot. I think that's a lot of different ideas. I like your, the, the hot take one. I made a comment on Twitter, which like if I had email list, I could totally put this in there. But it was like, I basically, I don't like short form content and it's like a waste of time. <laughs> like from a le- learning perspective, like it's very much entertainment, mm-hmm. but if I'm trying to learn copyright, I'm not watching a short form piece of content. Just for me, people... Yeah. Did not like that, they, they had tons of impressions. P- people like some people had followed me, they just didn't like And I, I'm i like, whatever, man, just from entertainment, from an entertainment, it's great, from a learning perspective, it's trash. That does mine. That's literally just how I thought, man. You don't like it. You, you hit a hot
1: button there. The short form versus long form debate it's definitely heated,
0: <laughs> yeah. So, let's say someone, let's say a creator has some type of course about what it's just some type of course that they're making money through it. How can you have an email list? I've seen where they'll have like a, like an email sequence that you get on. And basically within like eight days they're selling this course. And then it goes back to the normal stuff. Like they have an email sequence that explains this, here's your problem. That's why you signed up. I have a course that fixes this problem. How can someone do that? I don't We don't have to go to like the technical details, but like, but what is an email sequence, like how could someone sell a course in eight days, I guess what I'm trying to say without like it's already automated the course is made you're just literally putting the information
1: yeah okay cool so so someone yeah you have a course and you're writing up like an eight part email sequence to have every new person have every new person hopefully buy that course right cool okay so there there's a bunch of different ways you could do this there's different strategies but i think a good kind of like out of the box pretty safe bet in terms of this, it won't work for all markets. And at the end of the day, the most important thing is like course market fit over what you'll write in those emails. But assuming you have a really hot product, I recommend basically thinking about like, thinking about the journey, thinking about the things that someone is going through that would compel them to want to buy that course. So I wanna lead that eight part sequence with a lot of the emotional, like if you emotionally excited, you can almost think of like the eight part sequence as like a long form sales letter in itself in that like early on you want to lead with something interesting and a bit more emotional so obviously the, the first part will be just like a welcome email probably delivering lead magnet you might consider putting like ps Digital you know i this course and linking to your sales page and then you know the sort of second second third fourth email you know would, would be more towards like telling stories about maybe it's your story how you transformed and how that inspired you to create this course or maybe it's a story about like a, a testimony of one of your clients and their transformation story but I think really in, in the early days th- they still don't know like or trust you so you need to earn their trust by basically demonstrating that what they're going through and a really good way to do that is again through storytelling. So I would dedicate kind of two through four of that that chunk to mix in some interesting stories and then I like to introduce a little bit of like a how-to or like an authority kind of a post around the middle mark so this could be like, Whatever five ways to insert the benefit that your course promises here, and then provide some actual hard values that they get a taste. Like okay, like I'm compelled. I see that the results are there. I like this person, and I also trust that they know what they're talking about and they can teach me in a way that I can understand. So then by that point, like by now, you you will have had some course sales if you're writing it correctly. But there's going to be a certain percentage of those people that haven't bought yet, and at this point is where you get a bit more logical and you start addressing the common objections the sales objections people have before buying that course. So you might dedicate your last couple of emails or the last two emails of that sequence towards answering common questions, like whether it's like about cost, whether it's about how long does it take, how much work's involved, whatever those are, think about them or, or speak with people and ask them what questions they would have and put those as emails. And then now we're getting towards the end of the sequence. And I think somewhere towards the end, you can gradually get a bit more direct in the pitch for the course. I never recommend to have a purely pitch email, but you can start like maybe towards that seventh or eighth email, you can be like fine the next 48 hours and you get an extra bonus or something like that to sort of sweeten the deal and generate some urgency. And then that's pretty much it. So like start with like storytelling and gradually get more logical as you go towards the end and make sure that by the time you get to that eighth email, the, the assuming everyone's opened all those emails, which is not going to be the case usually, but if that were the case, you've answered all the main questions and generated desire.
0: Yeah, Because people buy from like emotions and they back it up by data. Exactly. Well, I'm actually getting all this from it. So this this is why it's worth it.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And like, that's frankly, like that's a bit of a glorified version of how like a welcome sequence is going to play out. But the more realistic version of what that's going to look like is like person A might watch or might read email one, three, and seven. And if that's the case, you want to be a little bit, there's almost an argument that can be made to have like each email, a standalone kind of like broadcast email. So I would just say that as like a bit of a caveat or word of caution that it would be a mistake to assume that someone's going to open every single one of those emails. So make sure that any context is contained within each email throughout the sequence.
0: Yeah. Cause I've totally bought things that it's just like knowing about the stuff now, I'm like this stuff is like planned out. Like they wrote this three years, whatever, two years ago. (laughs) But if it fixes a problem, I don't care how the guy does it. I don't care if it's a course made five years ago. If it fixes whatever problem I have. However, you want to get it to me, man. I don't,
1: totally man. Yeah, you know? I'm with you. I feel the same way. Yeah. And like evergreen funnels are just so efficient, obviously, as the creator.
0: <laughs> yeah. How many different uh, like do you have several sequences? A sequence that it from my understanding is like whatever, say it's eight emails about this whatever topic or something. Like, do you like I just wonder what's yours or like, if you work with people, like, is there like, I've seen the funnels where it's like, they opted in for this and this, and they said they're interested in this and it's like everywhere.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So like, yeah, you can definitely get really complicated and really fancy with the funnels. And like, I have some clients, like I do work with a handful of clients in e-commerce and for those accounts, I would say is where I get a bit more technical and fancy with the flows or the, the sequences because someone abandons a card. Someone signs into your newsletter, but hasn't bought yet. Someone buys a product you want to upsell in something else. In my opinion, there's, I think 80, 20, there's a lot more scope for it there. When it comes to my own business, I've decided, at least for now, to keep it simple. I will likely in the future, like two five years from now, it's going to look very different than it does today. But because I do think you can get really fancy with that stuff. And there's a lot of value there. But I have a very simple welcome sequence where my goal is to get you to either raise your hand to book a call with me for like services or these days a little bit more to, to buy that first introductory product, that that mini course. And then after that, my mine today is only like five part email sequence. And then you go into like my broadcast bucket where every single week I'm sending a weekly newsletter that I'm writing pretty much live. So that's how I have it set up. I could and should be doing some things differently, but prioritizing things because I have clients. But yeah, that's how I have my, my business set up now and and it, it's, working. it's working, that alone is working all right for me. So.
0: If it works, fix it later. What I Have these great questions and then I forget them? Oh, oh so how often should someone send
1: an email? Great question. Yeah, this is like probably the most common and probably the most polarizing question in the email marketing world. And honestly, <laughs> excuse me, I would say at least once per week. There's a lot of people out there that say every single day, and I don't necessarily disagree with them. I completely, uh, I'm bought into that rationale, but in terms of what I'm recommending to people and like in your audience and stuff, I think once per week is one realistic Two, I think it's frequent enough to build a relationship and it's infrequent enough so that you definitely won't be like bombarding people too much. Now, what I would say is if, if you can, once you reach a steady state of once per week, I think if you can ramp that up to two to three times per week, you will almost definitely see a sales increase because you just need opportunities for the sale, right? Because if I send an email this week and only 50% of people open it, that means that half of my audience will have not heard from me for potentially two weeks. So if, and I would say, if you're really good at the craft of writing emails, you can definitely get away with daily emails. And a lot of people that are smarter than me in this space maintain that daily emails is the best strategy. And I wouldn't necessarily disagree with them, but I think two to three times per week is much more, realistic
0: a target for yeah yeah so i know uh where i talked but ben settle does like every i don't know if he does every it's like every 36 hours it seems like i don't know if it's every day it seems like it's every day but then i swear there's dates where i don't get it
1: oh yeah he must be going to your spam folder or something because is it every day
0: every day i just get so many
1: yeah even
0: like his. like i like reading his but some i don't even oh i'm just busy and stuff but you can imagine 30 a month and he sells that one, his newsletter, his, what does he call it, Players Club? You know, players. players. So, yeah, you know, if you open that 10 times in a month compared to four emails, and that's like way these people are don't do that creators yet right now, but you, you know what I'm saying?
1: Absolutely. And like Ben Settle will even send a number of emails on the last day before the sign up, like before the cutoff of the month. That's so, and he even pushes it sometimes to more than once per day. So, I would say at a high level, like don't try not to be afraid of mailing consistently and often just try to get once per week down and then when you feel comfortable ramp it up a little bit from there is what i would recommend
0: you like plan yours out or do you just like it goes out friday thursday night let's write this
1: yeah i plan mine out a little bit but it's not i I like to have a backlog like on my google doc just in case but sometimes if i'm inspired or there's something that pops up i'll just send out an email on the cup i send them on wednesdays but it's somewhat arbitrary the date selection there to be honest yeah
0: oh so so how does so you send the email it could be a great email but what's like the head what should we focus on because the content could be the best content ever but it's yeah. you know that little word right there and the little the part that shows of the email what should what's your take on that
1: absolutely so like honestly my my take is a pretty common take because it's what works and it's what has worked for me and it's basically like you you want to have it be Something that's curiosity-inducing but specific. So, like, you want to like, you want to be careful of like too, being too clickbaity, right? Like, you don't want to be clickbait, or at least if you're doing clickbait, you should very quickly, I guess, speak to that or acknowledge the like bait and switch of what you did with the subject line. But really, you want to you, you want to just think of the various problems that your audience has, the various things that they want, the like desire, the outcomes that they crave, and then. Anchor all of your headlines based on that. So, like whatever your niche is, you're gonna have like probably some pillars of things. So, like just take myself for example, like I'm obviously helping business owners make more money through email marketing. So, like making more money online is probably something that that would pique my readers' interest. Some specifics about writing emails is probably something. So you sort of map out those pillars of your content, and then you want it to be you want it to be like just specific enough that. They know that they're curious to know what's on the inside, but you don't give them the full. you keep it short and sweet so that you haven't, you haven't exposed what's going to be inside. It might be a bit vague, but I, I hope that kind of answers your question.
0: I think it's hard to, because I'm looking through my emails, which ones I've opened, and like they're all over the place. Like, you, you know what I mean? I think people do buy, like, like, if you are selling something, like for someone, Jeremy, this guy wrote one hour only, his card expires or something like that. Like like if you, you know what I mean? Like people are, obviously if you're not interested in it, who cares? But if you are interested in it, it's also, of course, open Ben's
1: emails. Yeah, Ben's email, he has the big like, essentially he he makes his headlines read like tabloid journalism.
0: Yeah, which one it said about how to ban up and copywriting. That George was how often should you email your list? Yeah. So, you know, like, like obviously a question someone would have you sign, they signed up for this specific reason.
1: Yeah, and like how-to style headlines are, are usually pretty good because... People love to know how to do things. So like how to, and then basically anything is a good fallback, but you can also get really creative. And I think moving forward more and more, you're going to have to get, start thinking a little bit outside the box in terms of like some of what I just said, because if everyone is doing the same thing, then obviously everyone's, you're going to blend in with everyone. So I think in the future, there's going to be some scope to experiment with things. Like, I mean, people already do this, but like, for example, one, one random word in the subject line. And just like that, cause that to, to make people think. Or like groupings of three is something I learned from Perry Marshall. So like something and something. And if, if those three somethings are, are not exactly related, that creates a bit of a curiosity and you're inclined to open it and read what you have to
0: say. Yeah, that's definitely, I've, I've seen that. I think sometimes even like the, like like, like the no capital letters and just like the plane. Like someone wrote, you don't need a Facebook group. Stop sharing half-assed info, please. Like Like just where it's like, they almost took a line from the content in it and just put that as the headline. Absolutely.
1: Absolutely. Yeah. If you can like distill the big idea of that email into like one punchy sentence. Yeah. That can be powerful. Especially if like, those are two good examples. you've listed Cause like you don't need a Facebook group. That's excellent because y- yeah. your whole audience is probably thinking I need a Facebook group. I need this, that, and the third. So if you can take a stance and say, you don't need that. I'm saying, okay, what's going on? So then, someone opens it, they read it, and assuming, but you know what you're talking about, then it generates authority for you and positions you as as a thought leader.
0: Yeah, definitely curiosity trip. Yeah.
1: Curiosity, yeah. is powerful.
0: Yeah, But how. Like, I think everything is like the headline. It almost always has to be some type of like people. We, we, we want to know the answer
1: to something. <laughs> yeah, and like it's important to not have it be too hypey too. That's another thing I would say. Because like if you do something like how to make a million dollars a month in 30 days. On, on your subject line, like for one, that's going probably straight to the spam folder. And for two, no one believes in that. So they're not going to open it. Yeah.
0: How do you not go to the spam folder?
1: <laughs> yeah, good question. I'm admittedly not an expert in like deliverability or some of that technical side of, of email marketing. Because that's you can get really technical and it's something I hope to improve on in the future. But at a high level, it really comes down to like, if you are... If you're constantly using like really commercial language, like free order now, buy now, like essentially if you're, if you're acting kind of like a spammer, then you're increasing your likelihood of being sent to the spam folder. Another thing is like, if you can encourage res- like email replies from your subscribers, that's a, a good practice at least every now and then, because the more that your subscribers reply to you and sort of open conversations with you. The more that signals to Google and Gmail and stuff that that you're a legitimate sender, you're an actual person, you're providing value. A good like best practice is a bit of that like common sense not different than you would like with some of the algorithms on social media. But yeah, like y- you want to be careful of you can Google words like, like spam words that like trigger the spam filters more than others. But yeah, th- I don't have like a definitive answer. And it also is dynamic, like it changes the what gets sent to spam folder is dynamic. But generally speaking, yeah. Just if you always prioritize sending things that the reader wants to read and wants to engage with, you will lessen the likelihood that you're going to be constantly going to this fan folder.
0: Writing yeah. it like it, like it's to a person. Yeah, no, no one writes to your friend. Hundred percent off free booking call. Like what the hell? No one. Yeah, I like you wouldn't
1: write that. Exactly. To the person. Exactly. If you just write it like you would to someone that you like and respect, that'll take care of a lot of your issues.
0: I think that was all the questions for the. Do you have any other thing that
1: might be? If you had any other questions, but that was uh, that was great. Those were good questions, man. Thank you.
0: Well, that's the end of the episode. I hope you all enjoyed it. I hope you got a lot of information out there, creators, need to build an actual email list. It's not very really that complicated or anything. And if you don't know, I literally listen to these episodes as they're being recorded, as I edit them, and I almost always start taking action like i, I literally start making you a list i start with an idea i put it together like that's what i do at the end of listening to all these episodes so please take some action creators let's literally just take the next step that's all i can ask take the next step thank you dylan for you on the podcast it was a freaking amazing podcast i can't believe all the people that i meet on uh twitter mostly oh yeah if you don't know we're dylan because I kind of did ask him where he is. He's on Twitter, and other places, but he's mostly on Twitter. I will put the link in the description, please. If you want to build an email list, make some money out here, creators, live the life you want to live, and it's with an email list. Check Dylan out. I cannot recommend him enough. And of course, check me out, creators, on Twitter. That's where I'm at right now. We are building the Twitter metaverse over. I don't know what I'm talking about. Anymore. Okay, that's it. See you all later, creators.